Welcome to the Iowa Innovation Podcast, powered by NuboCo. This is a show where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. Hey there, I'm Anthony Betters. And I am Rob Merritt, stepping in once again for Jessica. And it's it's like you guys can't get rid of me. <laughs> I love being here. No, seriously, it's, it's always fun. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we are going to be talking with Ryan Schenefeld. Uh, Ryan is the account manager in education and innovation lead at DeNovo. And today we are going to be talking about Ryan's 3P philosophy. Mm, and that rhymed. <laughs> it did. 3P philosophy. I, I, I see what you did there. And also we're going to be talking about how marketing is everywhere, including this podcast. And why it is important to do one thing well and then grow from there. So with that, let's innovate, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about Andre Best That's innovation. Awesome. We can end it like that. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR and YouTube videos, a big part of marketing and product placements, always get super cringy when it comes into those. So mm. there's everything's marketing. Everything's no. marketing. I know. <laughs> uh, which is why I'm super intrigued to have this conversation. Seriously. Because I tell my kids all the time, it's like, even all the holidays... Marketing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Holidays are prime for marketing. Oh, yes, yes. And, like, Amazon's always sending out all these flyers now. My, my favorite was when An Amazon switched from only digital lookbooks and things like that to actually sending in, um, like, mailers, like, a, basically the catalog, the vintage catalog that we all grew up with. Like, your mom would throw you the catalog, the Toys R Us catalog around Christmas, and it's like, circle it, and you're adding in all these, like, flags and circles. Like, I want this, I want this. And now Amazon's doing the exact same thing. You oh, know what's wow. crazy? Those yeah. old Sears Christmas catalogs oh from back in the day, gosh, they are worth money now. Like you go on eBay, they're like 50, 60 bucks if you can For find what? them. For what? For like these like these, catalog. these catalogs, they're like <laughs> this thick. Yeah. And they're just filled with gift ideas, you know, and, and when you were a kid, you'd get one of these things and you'd go through and it had all the latest toys in there and all the new it's actually really funny looking at them because they've got the newest computers with, you know. 16k of memory uh -huh. it's amazing like, and they're like three thousand dollars and we just thought that was the coolest thing ever of course but yeah no those category and I, i'll admit i saw one in an antique store one time and i flipped through it and i was like oh i remember this i remember spending many hours staring at this particular catalog you could have took that and sold it on ebay I could have, except that the uh, antique store already knew it was valuable. They knew oh, it. They had it priced accordingly. They knew what they had. <laughs> wow. So how much would they be, you think? Oh, uh, any they range anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred bucks, depending on how good a shape they're in. That's what's wild. Because it used to be the internet. It used yeah. to be like I mean, it, it's the everything. paper internet. Like You could you... buy a house in these catalogs. Like mm -hmm. They had Sears Roebuck houses that they mm -hmm. would deliver and have set up for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How old are you, Ryan? I'm 31. Okay. We're yes. the same age. Yeah. We're vintage. <laughs> We're vintage. We're cool. Y'all talking about vintage. <laughs> I was looking at those catalogs, drooling over the stuff in them while you guys were still in the cradle. <laughs> yes. I, 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 was, read. <laughs> I was coming of age during like the JCPenney catalog mm. phase because I couldn't buy any of my clothes in store because I was what JCPenney's classified as husky. Um, so I had to buy everything out of the catalog yeah. and then um, we would hem things from there. That husky section. That yeah. husky section. Nothing hey. fit me because I was a little... White dog. <laughs> just nothing looked right. <laughs> Had to find like color coordinating things. My fur was just everywhere. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I'm trying to picture that, but I don't want to at the same time. Well, a little husky <laughs> and like a, a super colorful shirt. Yeah. Yeah. JCPenney actually did have the silk, like the silk flame shirts that were really popular. I remember those. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, this is basically oh, a self flame yes. shirt. My but, shirt I have. But on that's now. the crazy part about like the fashion and the it's sense. It's all of coming back, baby. Mm-hmm. It is vintage fashion. It's innovative, and boom, we're back to where we started. There we go. So Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have been working with you for a few years now at Nuboco, uh, along with a along with other another can't even talk today. <laughs> along with a bunch of other projects, yeah. we uh, we work with you every year on Entrefest, and we're yes. right in the thick of that right now because uh, Entrefest is uh, by the time this airs, I think only be about a week away. Yep, Ooh, and, uh, Yeah, which we're really excited about. It's it's a good lineup this year. Um, I'm I'm curious because you've been you've been working on Entrefest I think longer than I have because you were working on it even before I joined the Nubico team. Yeah, it's been six years now. I think what? this is my sixth Entrefest. Oh, like wow. like like what has it been like watching that event grow and you know what what do you enjoy about it? Yeah, it's it's been really surreal. I uh, first started working with Entrefest and actually even before I worked with it, I attended a few Entrefest back when it was at Hotel Kirkwood. Um, when I worked at Sculpt, Sculpt had a few sessions at that, so I got to attend it there. Um, and then from there, it went down to downtown Iowa City and having it at the Inglert. It's been nothing short of amazing. Each year, the caliber of speakers goes up and up every single time, really focusing on actionable items that people can actually do when they leave. It's not just like, oh, you can do it. It's like, here's your list of five things that you're going to leave and do. Um and to be clear, for those listening who have not been to Entrefest, and if you haven't been to Entrefest, you really should. Uh, if you haven't been to it before, it's just, it's two days where there are experts brought in in all different areas of business and innovation. We have entrepreneurs who've started a new business. Uh, we have guest speakers come in who have had a successful business going for a long time, and they talk about their journey, how they got there. But the idea is that you come in and you learn something new. Um Funny enough, the first Entrefest I ever went to, my favorite session was about how they were using AI to create art. And this mm. was in 2019. And I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. And now that's what everybody's talking about. But oh, yeah. that was like four years ago. So Entrefest is a little ahead of the curve. Oh, yes, definitely. I think that every single year um, you'll you'll see a few different breakout sessions. And there's like 55 this this year. Um, so you'll, you'll see a keynote or you'll see a breakout session and you're like, wait what is this about? Um, and then next year, you'll be like, oh, I learned about that at Entrefest. Blockchain mm. happened at Entrefest. Remember blockchain? That was the new, um, that was the old AI, I guess. Everything was on the blockchain. Everything we were talking about, cryptocurrency, and oh, we need to get our operations added to the blockchain. As it turns out, not everything should be on the blockchain. Um, and I think that they've, they've learned that. But at Entrefest, they were actually calling that out beforehand. Yeah. So they're saying, the news and everyone, everything you read online, it will probably say incorporate the blockchain. Here's five ways that you actually can that will be sustainable for your business. And I think that if you go back and check out some of um, those sessions, it would still ring true five years later. So as being on the marketing team, so what do you think this year will ring bells next year? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do think, I know it's kind of an echo to what Rob was just saying, but AI is, is, is actually going to be big. It's not the, it's not the blockchain, um, especially in the marketing space. We're already seeing it used in so many different arenas. Um, and a lot of people are nervous about AI taking their jobs, uh, the same way that people were worried about computers taking their jobs and not just like, oh, like a robot's going to take my job. No, like a computer with a word processor mm-hmm. is a tool the same way the AI is. Um, so yeah, AI, it, it's going to take away some jobs and there's there's no way around that. Um, but really what you can think about it doing is taking away tasks. 
tasks that can make you think and work on um, basically take less brain power from you so you can be spending more time on the tasks that matter. And I think that a lot of our sessions will talk about AI in a very similar way. Yeah, which is intriguing and also interesting that we have you on this podcast again, Rob, because it rings bells, as I say that again, of when we had Zach from the Gazette here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was kind of talking about the same thing about ChatGPT in a sense, kind of taking over. But uh, to ask you this question here, so you've been with DeNovo for 10 years. 10 years, right? yes. And you would think that you would be like 40 years old, but you're <laughs> like 31 years yes, old. Yes, yeah. Um, and so with that, so from day one being with DeNovo yeah. uh, into year 10, celebrations, congrats. Yes, thank you. What innovative things have you seen that just kind of just blow your mind? Oh, yes. I think that a lot of it comes to websites. When I started working at Genovo, I actually started as a website developer. Um, And I... I knew some code, honestly, from coding my MySpace account back in high school. Um, I was a MySpace coder. I learned how basic HTML from there. And then through college, I built a few websites. Um, But I'm a marketing major from Tippy College of Business at University of Iowa. We didn't learn website coding there. Um, So WordPress and the world of code was a big one for us. Um, When we first started building websites, or when I first started, websites weren't really on your phone. You would build a special website for your phone and a special website for your tablet and a special website for your desktop. So you had three websites that kind of all functioned similarly, uh, but now like responsive design and all of that is standard. Mm. There's so many things that we put so much work into kind of perfecting that have changed so drastically over the years. Now you build one website and it works on everything. Obviously, those are things that seem so obvious now, but back then, 10 years ago, you're like, oh my gosh, like, that, that's impossible. You, you don't even think that could be a thing. Right. Um, and like how social media, no one would have thought 10 years ago that Facebook, like DeNovo, um, DeNovo's name uh, started as DeNovo Alternative Marketing. And one of the things that made us alternative was th- that we did Facebook. We did digital marketing. Oh. Um, yeah, 10 years later, <laughs> everyone is doing digital marketing. And um, alternative is still deeply rooted in what we do, but it is not in our name. Now we're just DeNovo Marketing, um, and we take alternative approaches to to those things. But it's just crazy to think that when I started, we were doing um, a lot of traditional, a lot of billboards, video. Um, those things are all still there, but now a majority of what we're doing is designing for a computer, is writing newsletters. It's it's storytelling, and I know that marketing people always say storytelling, but really, if you're creating content, people want to. You have to make sure they want to listen to it, or they want to see right. it, or they want to um, kind of play with it, consume it, and. If you have a story or you have something appealing, then they'll do that more. Right, which kind of comes in to talk about uh, like TikTok and also the different reels. Oh yeah, because whenever you just look at these different uh, videos on Instagram, you know they're all kind of emulating TikTok, right? Yeah. And so what I tell the kids, because my kids they don't watch TV, right. they watch TikTok. They look at these reels, and I feel as though. That's the new TV. Would you say that TikTok is this big thing now in marketing and kind of the evolution of marketing? Oh, definitely. And I actually love it because um, it is in strict, um, basically it's breaking the rule that I would have set 10 years ago. Um, Our clients would give us video of them at an event that we weren't able to go to and they would send it to us vertically. Mm. And we're like, please just turn your phone so that we can film horizontally and include it in a video. Now everything's vertical video. Um, it's just crazy how that has changed. But yeah, the, the quick snippets, the quick bites. Um, when TikTok first started, you know, you were looking at a 30-second maximum for a video. Now they've made it longer. It was 
90 seconds. Now it's like 10 minutes. Um, but people are so used to watching things on their phone, um, being very close to it, um, but also being served the content. So like the great thing about TikTok isn't that it has really cool content on the, it's a discovery engine. Whereas Facebook and Instagram, they have the people there. So that's the value. Like people are all on Facebook, Instagram. So that's why you see people taking their TikToks and posting them on their Instagram stories or their Facebook reels. Um, switch that. Um, <laughs> Instagram um, stories, Facebook reels. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, there's like so that. many words. But um, they're basically just like a content engine, whereas TikTok's a discovery engine. They realize like, oh, you like houseplants and you like marketing. So that means you also probably like this weird obscure craft mm. that you didn't even know about. Um, so TikTok's really thriving in that in that area. But as marketers, we always want to ruin it. Mm. We want to <laughs> take advantage of all those people that are there. The algorithms. Yes, you want to take advantage of the algorithms, but even just putting some advertisements on there. TikTok was great because people weren't advertising on it. Um, and lots of times when you're when you're creating advertisements, you assume what you have is phenomenal and amazing. So all you have to do is get in front of them and they're going to love your product, right? No, you have to make your ads fun and entertaining mm. too so that people mm -hmm. won't swipe right by them. Um, and you have to think like TikTok, Facebook, Google, all of these things Vine. Vine. Oh, my gosh, Vine. <laughs> and unfortunately, Vine couldn't do this, but they're a business. They want to keep people on their platform. And if you see an ad or an ad gets too long, I'm going to get off TikTok and go to Facebook or mm. go to Snapchat. I'm going to switch platforms. Um, so they want to keep people on their platform. So if all of a sudden people are closing out when they're watching your ad, they're not going to show your ad anymore. They're not right. going to show your content. Um, so it's always a always a tricky tricky opportunity to add advertising to a platform and not let it become just an ad monster. Yeah. So I'm going to date myself a little bit here uh, when I tell you this, but so I used to be the marketing director for Theater Cedar Rapids. And to give you an idea of how long ago this was, um, we had a Theater Cedar Rapids MySpace page. Oh, yeah. And My, MySpace? Uh, yeah. What's yeah. that? I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, back in the days of my top eight friends. Um, but so, and I remember that during the time when Facebook was really becoming prominent and we reached that point where we were like, do we continue having a MySpace presence or do we move over to Facebook? And I, I was like you. I was a big MySpace fan. I loved the fact that you could customize MySpace and you could oh, yeah. code it, you know, and Facebook was like, no, you will look like this. Every page will look exactly like this. And I, I was like, oh, MySpace is way better than this. Yeah. But at some point, I recognized where the trends were going. You know, you could see, yeah, people are getting off of MySpace like crazy. And at the same time, Facebook's just exploding and had to recognize as a marketer to shift priority. Mm -hmm. And and so I imagine that in the last 10 years with DeNovo, you've seen a lot of that. You've seen a lot of times where you've had something that you really liked or that was working for you. And then you started to notice that the industry was moving away from that and that that technique wasn't going to work anymore. And at the same time, there's some new shiny thing coming along. And that's what you need to start pushing your clients toward and getting your own head around. Right. Uh, what are some examples that you can think of, of things that you know, like, like how, how as a marketer, do you realize when it's time to let go of something, even though it's worked really well in the past, how do you know when that time comes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that 
some of it goes back to those things that we would say we never would do. Um, and, and like I said, like vertical video, that was one of them. Um, but the big part is when you're, when you're at an agency, you always want everything to be so polished, to be so perfect. Um, but in the world of social media, they always say like, oh, you can get a peek behind the curtain. You can see behind the scenes clips. Um, and with influencers, people are realizing, oh, everything's super Photoshopped and overdone. It's been really hard for us to um, kind of depolish some of mm -hmm. our stuff, recording things on a cell phone because that's the the native platform people are going to be seeing them on. Um, almost putting like an editing limit on things. Like we don't want to spend five hours editing. Like we can, we can make something perfect. But in the world of social media, it's about the message. It's about the authenticity. And those are that's been really hard for us as an agency to grasp onto, and then explaining it to a client because um, a client. They're paying you money for these right. things. Um, so you want to make sure that what you give them is perfect, but what we're, what we're doing still is great for that individual circumstance. We would never say, oh, take this video and put it on your website. This is for social media. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's been a big, a big shift for us just in thinking um, about kind of like polishing mm -hmm. everything up too much. You know, it's funny, Jessica, who is, is not here today, um, you know, she would probably say something about this. I know that that was a big shift for me mm -hmm. because I've been producing video for a long time and everything that I've done for Nubico, you know, I'm like getting people mic'd up and I'm setting up the camera and setting up the lights and all that. Uh, when Jessica joined the team, she brought along, you know, just shooting things on a phone. And in fact, I know that, you know, all, all things coming back to Ultrafest, I know that uh, only uh, like, I think last week, yeah. Um, Jessica went out to film some stuff for Instagram Reels to promote Entrefest with with you. Yep. And and I was even like, there was this moment where I was like, do you want me to come out and help with like lights and you know, do you want to use like my camera? There was like this part of me that was like, oh, we got to you know set it up. And then I was like, no, no. Phone. She she's got the right idea. This yeah. is what people want to see. And and it's it's hard. It's hard to let that go because you're just so used to oh you know it's got to look good. You've got to you know have production values. And yet yeah it's it's uh, it's really that's not really what people want to see anymore. Yeah. And that's that's hard to grasp. And yet once you realize it, you're like. Okay. 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 That's one of the things I'm really <laughs> glad Jessica's on the team because yeah. that's been hard for me to let go of. Yeah. Um. I and I and I'm st I'm still on the why is everyone vertical video and I know that makes me you know I'm I'm yelling and the old man yelling at the cloud but I'm like vertical video why but it's that's where it's gone and uh, so I applaud you for catching those things much faster than I'm able to but then again I'm I'm the old man in the room so it's yeah. definitely a blind spot that you have to look over and I I will quote Jessica uh, when we were filming these TikToks reels and um, Instagram she was saying if you spend more than ten minutes editing a TikTok you're spending too much time on it. Mm. Um, and with with us, we spend hours editing videos. So it was really tough, but um, we, we give and we take because we still used a tripod. We still um, got our lighting. We didn't use lights. We just made sure our lighting was fine. Um, but we did film it on a phone. We, we did all of those things. So it was kind of the, we've, we've learned these lessons from doing um, things a little bit more traditionally, if you will, um, but we're still kind of embracing the changes that each each marketing platform each marketing platform brings. Nice. Yeah. And okay, Ryan, let's flip, uh, flip a switch here. And so let's dive in deep into marketing here. Okay. <clears throat> oh, okay. And so for myself, I think of marketing as just you know anything that I see on TV, business marketing, right? Yep. Even when my kids are watching TV, or even if they think about holidays, I'm like, even for my girlfriend, she thinks about Mother's Day. That is marketing. 
right? Right. Even though for Father's Day, hey, give me my gifts. I want my gifts. I don't care what anybody says. It's my day. <laughs> I still want those. I but deserve but, them. <laughs> seriously. No, I do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but whenever you go and think about that, just deep dive in the sense of marketing of like everything around us that we see, um, yeah. these images, uh, these commercials are strictly marketing. How can this, uh, or I guess, how can marketing in particular help a business mm-hmm. grow? Yeah. And I think that even outside of businesses, like every, I'm going to get on a soapbox, everything is marketing Mm -hmm. Uh, from customer service, how you respond to people's comments on social media, how you are um, answering the phone, all of that's marketing. But what DeNovo loves to do and one of our kind of specialties is community and economic development. So that's not just businesses, that's the city of Cedar Rapids, Mm. downtown Cedar Rapids. Marketing allows you to tell a consistent message that you want to make sure gets out there. Um, lots of times when we start working with a community, they'll say, oh, this person always says we don't have things to do. That's going to happen no matter what, but you want to make sure you're giving the megaphone to the people that are cheering for you. So instead of that, you're saying, oh, this person says we don't have anything to do in Cedar Rapids, but this person's saying all the seven things that they just did on Saturday and they wanted to do the eighth. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always about kind of shining the light on what you want to, whether that be um, a new community brand or um, a new product that you're trying to sell. Yeah. I would say 25% of DeNovo's clients are what's called business to consumer. The rest are business to business or their communities. And a community is kind of both because there are um, there's city, city things, like garbage basically is a product that the city is selling their um, their constituents, not constituents. (laughs) Garbage is one of the things that a city is selling uh, their population. Yeah, the citizens. But also, yeah, citizens, Mm -hmm. much better word. Um, (laughs) But also the product itself is the city. Like I live in Cedar Rapids, but there's other cities that want people to move there. Right. Um, And especially in Iowa and other um, communities that have rural populations, those rural communities are are losing population quickly. So we've been able to help them tell their story. Um, one of my favorite projects was the city of Williamsburg. Um, and they were really focused on um, their square and how the square comes alive and they have so many amenities for a community of their size. And it's just saying those things. Like they, when we, when we met with a lot of their stakeholders, they were saying, oh, but these people are going to say there's nothing to do. I promise you there are things to do in every community, no matter the size. Um, and it's just about talking about those things, highlighting those, and and not not giving into the haters. I, I don't want to date myself by saying the word haters. but Shake out those um, haters. Exactly. Dude, exactly. I, brought up, I brought up MySpace 10 minutes ago. <laughs> you want to talk about dating yourself. I think you're fine. Yes. Right, right. And then when you think about that, Ryan, um, if you think about everything being marketing, right? Yeah. And so you should basically, what Ryan is saying is choose wisely mm-hmm. on what you're being influenced by. Right. Because, of course, if you see a Big Mac all the time on TV, should you go get that Big Mac every single time? Right. Probably not. Right. (laughs) Um, But it might taste good here and there. But you should choose wisely. Uh, Even when I think about just my stepkids in the sense of them being teenagers and them having a TikTok. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's popping up on that TikTok, right? Right. And so we have to be able to watch and see what they're being easily influenced by. Because when you think about yes. influencers, influencers are marketers, right? Oh, they're of trying to market mm-hmm. different products. They're trying to get different ads to be able to come over um, and maybe pay them for certain things. And so when I talk about ads, 
what's the difference between advertising and marketing? Ooh, yes. Uh, I love this question because DeNovo, we're a marketing agency, mm -hmm. DeNovo Alternative Marketing. Um, and one of the things that we do is advertising. Um, lots of times the, the juxtaposition there is, or, or the difference there, is that advertising is when you're paying for people to see you. Um, so advertising is a huge industry for some people like Facebook, because they want marketers and they want um, companies to pay them money to show content. Um, so that is advertising. I would say that um, influencers, um, that's kind of marketing um, versus, so marketing's, um, I always give the example of like a square and a rectangle. Um, like advertising is a specific type of marketing, um, the same way that a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Um, so confusing. Very confusing, <laughs> very confusing. But what you were saying about um, like a smartphone and TVs, that really is a big difference there. Um, the TV, television, billboards, all of that is an industry. Mm. Um, and it's been around for a very long time. Whereas a cell phone and social media, um, that's new and that's very personal. Um, and that's kind of has been a big shift in advertising and marketing because you, you don't see billboards for cigarettes. That's because you can't. You oh, can't okay. advertise cigarettes on a billboard or even on television. Um, however, um, like there's no rule that says you can't create content around smoking, hmm. for example. Um, and you, you can't necessarily pay to advertise smoking, but you can create organic content around smoking. I don't know why I'm on this example, but Juul comes to my mind a lot. Yeah. Um, Jewel, like basically on social media. You oh, have, oh, that's I, for Mithra. I thought you meant the singer songwriter. Oh no, I was like, no. what does she smoke a lot? While I didn't she know will that. save your soul, she does not <laughs> combine or she does not condone smoking in any way. Uh, Jewel, the basically the USB drive that has nicotine in it um, that people are smoking. Um, <laughs> but those are th those are those lifestyle things that people have. You're not you're not paying Facebook money to sh or you're not paying Instagram money to show your Jewel ad, you just have one of the top people on Instagram or on Facebook smoking a Jewel mm. a lot. And that is all kind of subconscious marketing, but not necessarily advertising. It gets murky when these companies, um, we'll just stay on Jewel as an example, um, when Jewel gives free products to these influencers or pays them money to include them, um, to include their products in these videos. Because then you're in advertising, which technically means there's some rules and there's some guidelines around what you can and cannot say. Yeah. Um, but marketing and advertising, very fine line, and most of the time they are very similar. But when you start exchanging money to platforms, um, that's when it gets a little murky. You know, so um, I'm curious how you explain this to clients because yeah. I see this a lot and this feeds right into that whole subliminal marketing idea that constantly whenever you buy tickets from something or you buy there's always something on the form that says how did you hear about us mm -hmm. and yep. they've got this list and you know I, I've worked for places where they're like hey run the metrics and tell us how many people are learning about us through Facebook and how and the thing that always drove me nuts about that is people are going to mark the last thing they remember Definitely. but that might not necessarily be what it was you know there was something that was the final tipping point but it's like if you had a Facebook ad running and so somebody saw that and they're like yeah okay and then they were driving to work and they had the radio on and they hear a radio spot and they're like oh Oh yeah, that's that thing. And then they see like, uh, you know, maybe there's a billboard on the road and they see that. And, and then there's an article 
on a website that you know you you got somebody to write about you, and then it comes back to they see another Facebook ad, uh, and then finally they're on Instagram and there's something, and they're like, I should buy a ticket to that, mm-hmm. and so they mark, oh, I saw it on Instagram, but it's like, yeah, but there were all these other things, <laughs> you saw so many other True. places, they got you there, and so so when you're looking at a strategy and working with a client, how do you get that across that it's like, you know, I realized that the majority of people said they heard about it here, but you really need to be in all these other places in order for that to work. Right. Right. That kind of hits at a few different things. One is something I learned in college. It's like the rule of primacy and recency. Primacy means it's the first thing you saw. And recency means it's the last thing you saw. Um, Basically, um, you're going to remember the first thing and you're going to remember the last thing. You might remember some things in the middle if they were a wower, like if something happened when you were looking at it or or something along those lines. So that's why when people are saying like, oh, yeah, I bought um, tickets to this show from an Instagram ad. Well, you didn't see it in the newspaper. You didn't see or you saw it in the newspaper. You saw it in the email and you saw it on commercials. But the last one you saw is is Instagram. so that's always tough. But when we're explaining it to clients, we always talk in impressions. And impressions basically just means how many times someone's seen it. Um, and my general rule of thumb is nine. Nine times people need to see your content before they're interacting with it. Um, and you you get kind of murky when it's like, oh, we've read one de novo blog and we decided we want to work with them. But you saw us in different areas throughout the community. Um, very rarely does someone just say, oh, yep, perfect. I want to buy that. I think that TikTok and other algorithmic-based things maybe take some of those impressions out. So maybe you only need to see something four times because they know that because I like um, printed shirts and the color yellow, I'm also going to like a green watch or like I'm going to like a green wristband. Um, Not because I've seen it nine times, but because they just know that other people like me have seen it nine times. Mm. Um, So talking about things and impressions and trying to give – apples to apples conversions. Um, so for example, um, Instagram, when you're, when you're doing Instagram advertising, they will report, um, your reach, which is how many people, how many people saw it. And then your impressions, which is how many times they saw it. So for example, Anthony, if you saw an Instagram ad four times, you count as one person when we talk about reach, but when we talk about impressions, because you saw it four times, you count as four. Um, So we try to use metrics that can be shared across platforms, Um, whereas like TikTok, for example, they they do both. But if they only gave impressions, we would want to make sure that we're comparing apples to apples and telling our clients that information. Um, In the world of digital marketing, it has been so great because everything comes comes back to numbers. And it's almost to a fault because we're overanalyzing different ads, different conversions, like in the world of online ticketing, for example, it's like, oh, we know that this person bought a ticket from um, this Facebook ad, but did they also see an Instagram ad? Did they also click on your email? And there's some regulations happening right now over in the United Kingdom, for example. It's called GDPR. I did not do my homework enough to remember <laughs> that acronym, but it's all about cookies. And I'm sure you go to websites mm-hmm. now and it's like, oh, Share will you accept cookies. these cookies? Will you accept these cookies? That basically means like we want to be able to tell people you clicked to our website from an Instagram ad Hmm. or you clicked to our website from a Facebook ad because then if on Monday, Anthony, you clicked an ad from Instagram, you didn't buy, but on Wednesday you clicked an ad from Facebook and you did buy, we want to know that you also clicked on Instagram 
and Facebook. Yeah. So we're kind of completing that loop. Um, basically, the the government, if you will, and, and I agree with a lot of this, they, they want to cut that off. They want to make sure that you're not able to get that ingrained in some of the details. Um, basically, they're saying like, you know what? You can know where they came from one time, where they bought your, your widget from, where they bought your product from. You could know the last site they visited. You can't know their whole history of, of website usage. Um, so that's been something different, and we've, we've lost a little bit of data. So when we are working with our clients and we're saying, oh, yeah, like this is where all this happened. This is where they're coming from. This is how old they are. This is what they're interested in. Now we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now we can't say that. We used to be able to target on Facebook down to the individual. You could target down to one person, your your reach. You could say, I want a man who's interested in men who lives in Cedar Rapids, who has one cat, no children, and That got oddly specific. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about me. You used to be able to target down to that level, but yes. they've gotten rid of a lot of things because people were using it for... Um, they were getting they were getting too markety with it, mm-hmm. if you will. So the different industries, um, like the banking industry, the loan industry, all of those are very regulated. And Facebook realized, oh crap, we can't say you're running an ad about banking, so you can't target someone based on their age. Um, you can't target someone based on their income level. So they kind of just got rid of it for everybody, which is helpful for a lot of things. Um, it, it's or at least. For society, it's helpful. For advertisers, it's it's tough because mm. you can no longer um, drill down to a very specific individual. Um, ideally, advertising is a one-on-one basis. Like I am trying to sell you, Anthony, on one thing. I'm ignoring Rob, and I'm going to try to sell him on one specific thing later with a different message. Um, wow. Right, right. But that's not how <laughs> that's not how the world works. That's sales, um, which is usually a one-on-one or a much smaller, um, kind of a much smaller ratio. But sales and marketing always work hand in hand, but they're not always the same thing. Yeah. Um, Damn, so. Ryan. Marketing is confusing. Marketing gets crazy. <laughs> but it's, it's it's everywhere. And when I was growing up, I realized I um they say in in college you change your major three times mm-hmm. on average. I did mine twice. Yeah. Yeah, very, very common. It's it, You're always changing. And from the age of like six, I knew I wanted to work in marketing, um, but I wanted to design cereal boxes. Mm. Just like as a kid, like you're you're short, you're walking through the cereal aisle, and it's both sides, like floor to ceiling, um, like the tricks Bunny, like Toucan Sam, all of this. That's all advertising yep. um, or that's all marketing. But um, I wanted to design cereal boxes because they're they were cool. And I somehow made my way from wanting to be a graphic designer to being an account manager at an agency. Um, and I and I do think I didn't change my major. I just took a different path, but I got there eventually. Nice. Everything is marketing, mm-hmm. like I said. So, Ryan, you proudly identify as a gay man in the marketing industry. Can you speak to how this has had an impact on your career? One of my um, one of the reasons I love working at DeNovo, like one of our core philosophies is bring your whole self. Mm. Um, and that is that means a whole lot of things. That means like, yes, we know that you're a person outside of work, but but bring your passions, bring everything yes. that you're interested in, because we have clients, we have um, different people that work with us, work for us um, and we work for that are different and we want to make sure that we're celebrating our differences. Um, So that's something that's been a really big thing for me at DeNovo, like living out loud. Um, One of my, like one of my core principles is um, live with purpose, passion, and pride. Um, And that pride is loving everything I do, but also 
being gay and loving myself. So that traditional pride um, component of it. And entering the corporate world. And it's fun to say that I'm in the corporate world because at DeNovo, we have a lot of fun. Um, It doesn't feel very corporate, but a lot of our clients are extremely corporate. And when I first started working at DeNovo, I was 21 years old. Hmm. Um, And at that stage, I... I always said my target demographic or the clients I like to work with are women 45 plus because I was their gay nephew or I was their <laughs> like gay grandson and they just loved hanging out with me. I was really afraid of working with older men hmm. because I'm like, oh, they're not going to respect me. They're not going to see the value I bring. Um, and it's been 10 years that now I'm like, yeah, I can work with everybody. Nice. Not because I get along with them, but because I actually do know that I can help them. Um, I understand a bunch of different industries and my my expertise is actually that I was going to say my expertise is everything but that's not true. Um, <laughs> you could have said that. My, I, say, yeah. <laughs> I I do understand marketing and my expertise is in marketing and I like I've been saying everything is marketing and really you can market almost everything. Right. Um, as long as you're doing it in an honest way and you're not you, you can market and lie about things, but that's not how we do things. Um, but I would say working at Genovo, it's been an opportunity for me to explore a lot and experience a lot as a person and grow. Um, I, I would tell my coworkers these like worries that I had. I'm like, oh, I don't want this client because they don't want to work with me. And that's like basically therapy in a way. I um, use my coworkers as therapy. I also very much condone going to therapy and not and not doing that. Amen. Um, yeah, not talking with your coworkers about everything. But um, those are things that I knew I wanted to work on. And my coworkers were very straightforward with like, this is going to be hard for you, Like, but we're going to make you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know about that client. And my boss, she's like, you can help them and you can do great. Um, but there, there hasn't been, I can't remember like an opportunity or an experience where someone's been like, oh, thank you for being yourself. Um, I, I just hope that they realize that you can be like an out gay male and work in work in business. I think that a lot of times gay people do migrate towards marketing and advertising because it's a more creative field. Um, but there's so much, at least in our community and um, in larger areas um, throughout Iowa that you can shine and be yourself. One of my favorite things is um, as part of my role at DeNovo, I lead kind of our education efforts. And that is not just educating our clients and um, my coworkers. It's going out to different opportunities, talking with college students in their classes, um, bringing high school students into DeNovo to see marketing. Um, I never talk about being gay, but like I said, I live out loud and am very passionate about that. Um, so I just like want them to see different opportunities. Like, yeah, you can be yourself. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to wear everything on your shirt, which is funny because I'm wearing a very bright um, shirt right now. <laughs> and but, I am as well in yes. solidarity. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's something that um, purpose, passion, and pride, I think about it all the time, just being myself fully and not apologizing for it anymore. Now you talk about a shirt, purpose, passion, and pride. That <laughs> is going there you shirt. go. Somebody there. call Ray Gun. There you go. Seriously. <laughs> um, you know, and speaking of, you know, speaking of having having a life outside of work. Yeah. Um, Anthony and I, we were talking about this uh, before the, the the podcast, but we were talking about uh, Anthony brought up Tanger Place. Yeah. And uh, and and I know that's an important thing to you. Yes. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about your well, first of all, what Tanger Place is and yes. your involvement with it? First off. It's not called Tanager Place anymore. It's called Tanager. Yes. Wait, Mar- what? Marketing. Look at that. Um, over the years, uh, Tanager used to be 
a place. It used to be inpatient housing, which is where kids would go and live and they would work out um, their mental health struggles and issues and they would learn um, positive coping mechanisms and basically um, just work through things that they are working on. But it was it was a place. It was one location. Um, and that is how Tanager started 140 years ago. They call that inpatient. Um, so kids would go and stay there and um, work with their medical practitioners and therapists. Over the years, it has changed so much. Um, so now a big part of what they do is actually out in the community, in the schools. Um, Tanager provides mental health services and support to every single student in the Cedar Rapids School District, but almost every school district in our area. They are the are the counselors um, in a way. So they are working with those students. They're training teachers on how to um, better understand their students and help them. So that's kind of one piece of it. But then they also do, they go into homes of kiddos that are struggling and um, work through a lot of the family pieces of their struggles, um, like truancy and things like that. They, they work through all of that. So it's no longer one place. Uh, the word place was almost limiting for them. So now... For all intents and purposes, they are still Tanager Place, but they have removed the word place from um, from their name. So now they're just Tanager. I had no idea. It That's is good okay, to know. because whenever I was typing up those questions, I typed in Tanager Place, and I went back. I was like, oh, <laughs> let me take out the place real quick, because I totally forgot. No, I seriously didn't. I didn't know they'd rebranded. Yeah. But that's fascinating. And how did you get involved with them then? Yes. So um, I would say seven years ago or so, um, I was helping. This was back when I was... Um, I worked in digital advertising. So my career path through DeNovo was I was a web developer, and then I worked in um, digital marketing, which was social media management, added in advertising. Um, this was back when I was doing kind of that piece for for DeNovo. I worked with them to create a digital strategy and kind of did an audit for um, a new website that we were creating for them. So I presented all of this to the client. And they were working on building an associates board, which others Shout call Shout out like, to the associates board. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> um, but some call it like a junior board, basically a way to get young people or younger people engaged with an organization that has a board that's skewed slightly older, um, their operating board. Um, and they were working on building this, and they said, hey, do you want to be part of this? Like, do you want to be on our associates board? And ever since then, I've been on the board and um, have got the opportunity to see how Tanager has grown over the years. Um, even when back when I started on the Associates Board, they weren't in schools yet. And now that is a huge part. Like they have hundreds of school counselors that are um, helping thousands of kids throughout our community. Um, and then from there, I've had the opportunity to work with them as a client as well. Um, but they have so many different things in the community for our kids that it's almost it's almost hard to go out in the community and not see something that Tanager has done in a way. Um, and just seeing the kids, it's like, yes, every single kid has mental health issues. Um, some are able to cope on their own. Some need to talk through things. And sometimes it's best for some kids to be completely out of the situation that they're in in order to heal and in order to cope. Um, so that's where the inpatient part comes in. But no matter the the age range of kids, like they work with people from the age of like three up to young adults. It used to just be 18 and under, but um, now they have other programs that are helping um, different student or different young adults kind of transition into adulthood too. Um, but yeah, the starting as a client and just becoming the organization that I'm very passionate about because they do great work. Um, that's kind of the nature of advertising and marketing or or agency life. 
we have 20 clients or I have 20 clients. Um, DeNovo has probably upwards of 110 or so. And I almost see myself as an employee of every single one of those clients. Mm. Um, I have to understand their business if not better than some of their employees in order to sell it or in order to help market it. Um, and through working with Tanager, I fell in love with that organization. And um, I can't give a whole lot monetarily, but I can give my time and my talent as much as I can um, to help promote that. Getting to know business, you know, that that feeds into something that you work with, uh, Jen Newman. Yeah. Uh, who, I, who I adore. Um, and... I was actually I, I still remember when uh, when Jen co-founded DeNovo. Yeah. Because because uh, they were in a space I was I was at Theater Cedar Rapids and they rented a space in that building. Yes. Like right at ground level and it had been a coffee shop mm-hmm. and they spent a couple of months just completely renovating it. They repainted it. It looked really cool and they were in it for all of two months before the flood of <laughs> two thousand. Yes, the wiped lounge. it out. Just yeah. came in and destroyed that entire space. And and. I mean, you had to laugh or else you'd cry. Oh I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's and but that in DeNovo has built up so much since then. And your space in the Cherry Building is beautiful, by yes, the way. Yes, thank you. But um, I remember Jen wrote a piece. Uh, uh, it was a blog uh, a couple of years ago, and and she specifically talked about how you know it's tempting for companies to do all of their marketing and, and social media and to do all of that in house. Yeah, but that when you hire someone outside, like if you go to an outside firm like DeNovo, what you're getting is an objective uh, perspective. You're getting somebody who's going to come in and be like, look, here's what's actually going on with your company. Here's what people see. And here's the message that you need to be putting out there. Because a lot of times companies are blind to... You know they're so close. They're blind spots. Yeah, yeah they don't. They're, see they're their so blind close spots. to their product that they're like, oh, you know, I'm so passionate about this. Uh, I just don't understand why everybody else doesn't have that same level of passion. Right. And it's like somebody's got to come in and be like, okay, yeah, I, I get why you love this, but here's how you have to convince other people to love it. Um, how? I mean, and, and I think that feeds back into you were talking about storytelling. Yeah. But. Um, you know, how do you balance that of getting to know a company, getting to know a client and getting really personally attached to what they do, but at the same time, keeping that level of objectivity so that you can tell them, Hey, that is not going to work or people are not going to care about that. Or I I know that maybe you don't want, you don't think you should say this, but you need to say this in order to effectively get your message across. How do you approach that with clients and how do you maintain that distance? Yes, it's it's definitely something that we actually address in even our new client onboarding. Um, There's a few things that will, will remind them. You hire an employee to say, yes, of course, I'll do that. Yes, of course, I can get that done. You hire an agency or you hire a consultant to say no. <laughs> Employees say yes, consultants can say no. Hmm. It's much easier for uh, consultants to say no. And it's not just no, I don't want to do that. It's no, what if we do this? So in 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 the world of improv, it's yes and. Um, in the world of agency, it's almost like no, but we should do this. Um, is that tricky though? Because do you worry sometimes that a client's going to be like, oh, what definitely. do you mean no? What do you, this is what I want to do. Oh, definitely. Yes. And it's just a matter of also reminding them like you are not your target market. Um, so everything in in advertising, like you're talking to one group of people or like I was saying earlier, like ideally you're talking to one person um, and you want to be able to hone that message specifically for them. But in the world of business, you have to be as specific as possible while being as broad as possible. So sometimes you only get to say one message to somebody and you hope that that fits. Um, so it's a matter of teaching the client um, 
based on X research. Lots of times it comes back to the data and it comes back to other examples of um, companies in a similar industry that have tried something a different way. Um, it's a matter of trying those. We do have some clients that really want to be on TV. And sometimes you just have to say, we would recommend these other platforms yeah, or you don't we have would recommend face. X. Yeah. No, I was kidding. But yeah, <laughs> like you are a radio boy. Like, don't worry. Um, it hurts but- me every time you say that to me. <laughs> I was not pointing you out, Rob, I promise. <laughs> but it's tough because they'll say, I want to be on TV or I want to be on X. And lots of times the answer is, what about doing this? Um, but also lots of times the answer is saying, yeah, let's be on TV. Mm. Um, but sometimes you have to realize that it's really important to them and you don't understand everybody. Like de novo, you bring your whole self. And we we ask that our clients do the same thing too. Maybe that person just really wants to be on TV because they want to share that with their uncle who is mean to them, mm. who told them to not start this business. But it's like, guess what, uncle? I have a business that can afford a TV commercial. We don't know that. Um, so there's there's reasons for client like clients are people too. obviously obviously and they have their own passions they have their own interests and you want to make sure you're respecting it um but sometimes it's a matter of saying do you want to do this because you want to do it if so we will help you and it will be phenomenal Hmm. or do you want to get more clients in x do you want to help more people in x industry if so we recommend going this route um to help achieve your goals um one of our things i always say one of our things but um at denovo we we really do have almost bylaws, and one of them is your goals or our goals. Um, so my goal for one client might be selling tickets to this, whereas a goal for another client is um, helping a community know about COVID boosters. Um, those are very different things, but when I am working with X client, I have to be thinking in X way. So I always have their goals in mind. So if all of a sudden I see that their goal might not align with what they want to do, that's when I can bring that up. I'm like, remember, we're working, we're goal-oriented. We want to do this. But if your personal goal right now is to have a TV commercial, we will help you do that. But we just have to change our goals a little bit. Hmm. Um, so yes, always hard remembering or just teaching them like, you are not your target market. Just because you um, are always on this website does not mean your target target market is, your right. target audience is. Um, just because you love this TV station, just because you go to these events that does not mean always. And we have to remind ourselves that too. Um, I am not on the market to buy some of the things that my clients sell. And I'll say, oh no, I don't think that that copy or that text on the ad will work well. And I have to remember, I'm not my target market. I have to think like, okay, their customer is this person that we've, that we've outlined and they've approved. Um, and you have to kind of put on different hats, not only when you're talking about it, but also when you're consuming the information too. Um, so Always, always something different. Yeah, and then when you when you think about uh, small business owners, yeah, what are the first few steps that you would say is the best way for them to market themselves? Yes, um, small business owners, small communities, it really all rings true, um, and that is doing one thing at a time. Um, I when I when I am consulting with a client, I always start those by saying. Um, I'm going to give you permission to not do something right now. And that whether that be they want to do social media and I say, you don't need to be on Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. You don't need to be on all of those. I would rather you do one thing really, really good. So start on one. If most of your demographic is on LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn and do it really, really good. And then start seeing where the spillover is. Like, oh, I noticed these people also 
are on Twitter or they also are on Facebook a lot. Um, so just do one thing and do it really well um, and communicate consistently. Um, it's, it's really hard when one, like all of a sudden one day a client is talking about X product or they are really jazzed about a new feature that they have and they test it out one time and it didn't get the hits that they wanted or it didn't get the sales that they wanted. So the next time it's like, oh, it's, it's a new feature. It's a new thing that we're promoting. Give it time. Like I said, nine times. People need to see something nine times before they, before they make that conversion um, or they make that purchase. So don't be afraid to wait. Lots of times when you're working with an agency, like it is money. Mm-hmm. It's money you're working with. Um, so you don't want to kind of stay the course and see things. But when we work with them, we go through their goals. We outline our plan through like a, a strategy. Um, and we really encourage them to trust the process on things. Um, so those are those are what I tell my clients. Do one thing and do it really well and keep growing from there. Um, starting with a website. Have your website. Um, I know that it's really easy just to say, oh, like go to our Facebook page. You own your website. You own it. It's fully yours. You can take it with you. You can move it. If all of a sudden Facebook decides they want to start charging $200 a month for a Facebook page, you have to pay it. Mm-hmm. That's where all your audience is. You have to pay it. Um, but a website, it's you can move it. You can move those files around. Um, website, email list, all of those are things that you can own. Um, and as much of your marketing that you can own, that's always always the best. So start with things you can own. Move out to things that um, can help you get your message out there. So social media, email marketing, different things like that. Um, and, and DeNovo does a lot of community and community-adjacent work. So um, get out in the community. Like, be on boards. Be on... Um, Just get involved. Be active. Be yes, volunteer. get yeah. involved. I was like, wow, how do we say <laughs> that? I was trying to think, too. <laughs> yeah. be, on, be on boards. Be on different committees. The word there was committees. Um, so be on boards. Be on committees. And be involved in your community. Um, because even though it's not advertising, you are still marketing your business by mm. being yourself and being who you are in your community. Mm. Do one thing really well and then grow from there. That's exactly that's a good that's yeah. good philosophy. I like that. It kind of seems like a good note to end on. For sure. But yeah. uh, Ryan, it's always stuff. it's always good talking to you. Yes. And it's great to finally get to to talk shop with you. Um, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And as you can see, I like to talk and I love to talk about marketing. So. <laughs> How dare you do that on a podcast? I know. I know. We, need, we need more quiet people. <laughs> nice. Yeah, wrong so, guy for being quiet for sure. Seriously, thanks so much for being here, Ryan. Yes, we and I can't wait you, to see you at Entrefest. Of in, course. Uh, yeah, just Wow, it's really coming up close now. A couple weeks. It always feels like we're like spending all this time planning it and planning it, and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, and it's here. <laughs> yeah, you're always thinking it's a month away, but guess what, friends? We are weeks away, and by the time you hear this, we're probably a few days away from Entrefest. So right. definitely see us all there. Can't yeah, wait. And tickets are still time. available, so uh, you know, come check us out. Tell us how we did. Yes. Thanks so much to our guest, Ryan Schoenfeldt, for coming on the show. And you can learn more about DeNovo by visiting thinkdenovo.com. That's think, D-E-N-O-V-O.com. And if you love this show, please subscribe and leave a review. A good one, of course. You can also visit our blog, nuvo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways, summarized, and details. This podcast is produced and distributed by Upload Media Group in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, go to uploadmediagroup.com. Finally, we would love it if you would consider a donation to Nuboco. Your contributions to our nonprofit help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. To learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. Last question for you, Anthony, before we're out. 
we are coming up on Entrefest. What are you looking forward to the most? I mean, to be honest, since it is my first one, I am looking uh, forward to the live podcast on stage with Debbie Durham. I just dropped the bomb there. I thought it was going to be a surprise, but it's not. I am dropping the bomb there. Debbie Durham will be there live on stage at the Englert, I would Yes, assume. sir. Yes. Yeah, and if you've never been on stage at the Englert before, it is such a cool venue. It's really great. And and actually, uh, Upload Media Group, who does our podcast, uh, they did a podcast from the stage at Englert last year, and it was really a cool event, you know, because you have like this whole audience out there that's reacting to everything and uh, laughing and hopefully not not booing uh and you know and and just it's like this classic space and it just there's just something really cool about having a live audience in a podcast so that's going to be really really cool i unfortunately won't be on stage with you uh that'll be you know jessica will be back for that um so but I'm, i'll be there and i'll be there cheering you guys on i'm super excited to see it yes and with that being said, even though if you want to come and see actual entrepreneurs, you will be seeing Nuboco staff running around with their chickens with the head cut off. Oh boy, so many chickens <laughs> with heads cut off. It's going to be crazy. So It's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Come to downtown Iowa City, watch us all run around, and uh, yeah, check out some sessions and learn some stuff too. Entrefest is going to be great. But hey, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you there. Yes. Boom!